Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. So yeah, I just kept sort of waiting for the pooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! Hey, what are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is the YouTube series Minefield. My name is Jimmy, and when I was a child, I couldn't remember the name of the game Duke Nukem, so I called it Kickbutt. <laughs> my name is Dan, and I like savory sauces on my soft pretzel, but sweet sauces on my hard pretzel. <laughs> My name is Jeff, and I used to team up in wrestling with my cousin against my brother, and we came up with the move, The Power's Edge, in which my cousin powerbombed my brother onto my back as I razors edged him into our grandparents' couches, which all broke from the sheer power of The Power's Edge. Cool. It was cool. (laughs) Is that like a thing in families is making wrestling moves? Because I specifically remember our childhood also involving... Wrestling names, wrestling moves. Yeah, and I was too old for it, so I would make them up for you guys. Yeah. I just remember my cousin was Chris Steele, and his signature move was the steel slide. (laughs) I didn't remember the the move, but I remember We either used existing moves, or we made up, or we combined them, like the power's edge. It was so powerful. It sounds like it would hurt you as much as the person. No, my brother got really hurt doing it. Like, really hurt. And we had to, like, fix the couches, but they were never the same again. Yeah. And like one time my friend gave my cousin a pedigree off the top of a back couch onto a rug and my cousin sits up and his face is completely rug burned. It looks like he has rosacea like me, completely red. And he just stood up and didn't say anything. And then his mom came home and she's like, what happened? He's like, I don't know. By the way, we should put all this in the show notes because for some reason on the socials, the social media, there's a large outpouring of people who want us to talk about wrestling, even though none of us are really wrestling fans. So, I, I, so this has I been was it. like, yeah, when we were 90s, kids, yeah, and like we, when I could smell what the Rock was cooking. That's yeah, when and I, I mean, was I, I grew wrestling. up in Stamford near like the WWF headquarters. That's where I work. So they would they would have like a lot of the famous wrestlers would do signings nearby. Near so I, I met work. a lot of them when I was a kid. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you like me a WCW guy though? Yes, but it was still WWF. Like, I was still aware of it, and I was, like, you know Hulk Hogan. I never met yeah. him. Well, there was a lot of crossover people. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I met Bret Hart and all that. Yeah. You Kevin know. Nash. Did you ever uh, yeah, meet I, Kevin Nash? I saw him in uh, Norwalk High School when he was Diesel. It was Diesel and the one two three kid. Wait, wasn't Andre the, not Andre the Giant, wasn't the Giant Diesel? No. That we, was Kevin Nash. We saw the power Giant. powerbombed. See? It's all cool, baby. <laughs> Cyclical. Cyclical. Were you with me when I saw the giant? Yeah, we were at that hotel. Yeah, cool. Great. (laughs) Side tangent. It's kind of funny because I'm not a huge wrestling guy, but I always get annoyed because there's this one podcast that I listen to. It's called the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. It's a retro video gaming podcast, but every so often they'll go on to like a half hour to 45 minute tangent on whatever wrestling match it is. And I like I have to skip through like all of it, and then like the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. I'm so s- when you re-listen to this, are you going to be skipping through it? Yeah, I'll be skipping through. Cool. This like I haven't watched wrestling since 2002, so I know nothing. I don't know anything. about the last 20. I'm years probably even before that. And all they do is complain about it. It's like they stop freaking talking about <laughs> it. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
It's almost like people sitting around complaining about Doctor Who. Yeah. And then another time at Naugatuck High School, me and my cousin, Sid Vicious, was there watching uh, watching the match. And we're like, let's go get his autograph. And he wouldn't give it to us. He was like, no. And then <laughs> then I saw the movie The Wrestler and I got it. I was like, OK, I that, understand that makes sense, sir. Cool yeah. story, bro. Great. So Great. what are your pretzel toppings or dips? Or- well, it's just like a funny thing that I noticed at a, at a party I was at recently. Um, I have to have mustard or honey mustard with a soft pretzel. Like grain mustard. Yeah, any yeah, of those. Yeah. But I yeah. I would never dip a hard, small, crispy pretzel into mustard. Why no. would you, though? Those That's more like a chip, like a snack. Yeah. But I will dip it into, at this party, what got me thinking is there was chocolate hummus. That was a delicious item to so, dip into. Okay. Like chocolate-covered pretzels? I've also had them. Yeah, exactly. Chocolate-covered pretzels. I've had yeah. them. Or the yogurt-covered pretzels? Yes. Okay. It makes sense I now. mean, why is this a thing? But it is a thing. I think but it's the could... sweet and salty. Would you dip a soft pretzel into chocolate? I never would. No, but I would dip a hard like snack pretzel out of a bag into like a spinach artichoke dip, and that's savory. Yeah. I just blew a hole through your whole entire life. <laughs> I don't know that I would, though. I think that well, that I, requires a, um, a I, baguette. I would dip a soft pretzel into like a caramel. No. Really? I, I never, never have. I just thought of it right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't like vomit from it, but I wouldn't choose it. It's sweet and salty. If you guys have any like pretzel takes, send them in. I like beer cheese, like soft pretzel and the beer cheese. Of course cheese you is do, you drunkard. Good. Well, yeah, Drunk but beer? that's that's also savory. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with them. Yeah. Wow. So I did want to talk about something that we're going to be making a change, guys. Oh, I don't like change. So we're going to do something a little bit different than we have been doing. Um, I mean, we only have a couple of these, so it's not going to be like that big of a change. And for our loyal patron, I don't think she's going to really care that much. But um, so we do have exclusive content up on Patreon. You guys are aware of it. We've talked about it basically every week. Uh, one of our favorite things that we do on Patreon are our Cook With Us videos. They're so much fun. Let's make more, guys. I think we should. And yeah. I think with that, we want more people watching them. And for that reason, you need to be a patron. But we understand that some people can't be patrons. Some of us can't afford uh, $5 a month. And <coughs> totally understandable. Some people just don't like us. Yeah, some people most just don't people, like most us. Most people don't. But we decided that to gain more exposure and to show off the hard work that we put into. That you put into it. That I put into it. But we guys, we're also cooking. You know, that's also some, and we're hosting. But, you know, but we're going to make our Patreon cook with us videos are going to be timed exclusive now. So for, I think, a week, probably a week, we're going to have the week where it's up on Patreon. If people really want to see that, they can become a patron. You can see it a week in advance. But after that, it's going to be going on to our new YouTube channel, Talk Me Into. And guys, I haven't even discussed this with you. Yeah. But I have another idea of something related that will be a Patreon exclusive. What's that? What's that? If you're watching the Cook With Us videos on YouTube and you love it and you think, that looks like a delicious dish. (laughs) Yeah. You can join our Patreon and find the recipe. Oh, yeah. cook with go. us recipes will be patreon exclusive yeah we've been talking about doing that for a while yeah too. that was one of our early patreon ideas yeah so watch them on youtube but learn how to make them on patreon yeah so uh the first two uh cook with us videos are going to be up on there i don't know if we're going to film one before the time this comes out um but yeah our first two are uh we're, we made a paella 
which was very fun and, and we, delicious. Yeah, and you can't very have good. any though. You have to be our friend for that. <laughs> and we ate it all, and that costs more than money. Yeah. And our second one is pickled pineapple that we did for the summer, which is also very fun. Uh, Dan and Jeff had a sword fight. That's not a dick joke. That was actual swords. Well, yeah, knives. Um, Knives. Not knives. knives. (laughs) With actual swords. They were knives. Yeah. So um, check us out on YouTube. It's uh, it'll be talking to you. I haven't made it yet, so I hope it doesn't exist yet. But uh, yeah, you'll find it and uh, we'll be posting more stuff to it. What about the Jackpox? Jack party. What? Video. That's Happy probably going to stay on Patreon. Patreon. Okay. Yeah. That was not funny enough to be up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a video that's not funny, pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Jeff. Dan. At this time of the show, we sometimes talk about what we're talking ourselves into. What are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into a podcast. I'm already talked into it because it's really good. It is called the National Lampoon. <laughs> Let me start. It is called Talk Me Into. <laughs> it is called National Lampoon, the Radio Hour, the podcast. That's funny. Oh. And it is a new podcast. Uh, the eighth episode just dropped at the time of this recording. They are about 20 to 25 minutes long, and it is so freaking funny oh, yeah? that I laugh out loud and I can't listen to it at work because <laughs> it's quiet and you just hear this. <laughs> yeah, I have that problem. A lot. I have so many questions, Jeff. Yes. Who is it hosted by? Uh, the only person I know is Cola Scola, who's the main writer. Cola Scola. Yeah. And Are the actual Harvard National Lampoon alums? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really look into it, but he was on the show Difficult People with Billy Eichner. And it's it's sketch comedy. I don't know who any of the people are other Good. than that. That was my second question. Yeah, so what's it's not format? like, yeah, the format isn't like, hey, guys, what's up? This is a podcast and this yeah. is what we're doing. It's just a straight up sketch show. Yeah. All characters. Nice. And each episode usually has like a through story. So there's like three bits chopped up and then random shit in the middle. It could be like a 15 second gag or like a few minutes long. <clears throat> It's just so funny and so well made that I, I can't even explain to you how funny it is. You just have to listen to it. Nice. Well, I thought you were talking yourself into it. it sounds like you're talking us. I'm into talking it. you guys into it. Jeff. We're what, not doing Minefield. We're doing National <laughs> Lampoon. Yeah, it's it's really good because National Lampoon was a it's like a brand that was pretty well regarded in comedy for a couple decades. Yeah. But then it took a couple decades off. And I don't even really know what they're up to. You're not to a now. huge Van Wilder guy? Mm, not maybe the rise of Taj. Okay. You know, I like my racism subtle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a it's it's really good and it's not Jimmy too likes long. his racism systemic. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into this? <laughs> I am talking myself into, it was very easy, but I tried to talk myself into Just a Dash by Maddie Matheson. Oh, yeah. Another YouTube That's channel. Great. And uh, it's freaking YouTube, super man. Super funny. Uh, it's one of the, um, I'm not super into like cooking videos. Like I, I like um, uh, Brother Green Eats, which turned into Pro Home Cooks. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I liked Maddie Matheson from his show that was on Viceland. I like all of his guest spots that I see on like YouTube channels and stuff. So I'm like, gonna give this a shot and it is hilarious have it you read his cookbook good. no i haven't but i want to buy it it's good i can you let you borrow buy his it. cookbook yeah. on vinyl which i did 
that exists. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. It's it's honestly mostly just him reading. Yeah, which is like an audiobook. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's a intro in the beginning when he like yells and it's funny, and then <laughs> at the end of the first side, he's like, "Flip me over, fucker," or something <laughs> like that. It's pretty funny. That's awesome. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, the the show is great because it's like Jeff described it as uh I think from our last uh, cooking vi- uh, episode was uh it's basically like the vice show but it's with more swearing and just like doing whatever you want yeah and he like produces and directs it himself and it's not like a it's not a really good kitchen no (laughs) like there's like one of those little portable electric burners and he's always messing stuff up yeah and uh i'm actually interested to try both of your guys talk me into yeah no myself into it's great frig this thing is called (laughs) it's it's super fun super funny uh the food (laughs) always looks good and I want to eat all of it. Yeah. Do it. Just yeah. eat all of it, Jim. All right. Oh, I'll eat all of it. Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week? I'm talking myself into something that I don't know if you guys will be as into trying. Um, I may have spoken on this podcast earlier a long time ago about keeping a dream journal. You have? Yes. yes. Uh, I've pushed that to the next level, and it is so much more enjoyable. Oh, my God. Do you record audio? I record <laughs> audio. <laughs> So I have begun. Oh my God. We're going to play some of this in this episode, right? Sure. I've begun (laughs) waking up in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning and groggily half asleep, taking my phone out and recording an audio clip of me just like, just describing what my dream was. And so many times they sound like such great ideas for TV shows, <laughs> movies, comic books. And then the next morning I listen to them and I laugh hysterically about how incoherent and rambling and random they are. Can we hear one right now? I guess it's good. It's really quiet though. So I can just, send Jimmy the audio. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just for, just for yeah. us, play it in the mic and then we'll do Whoa. whatever. Yeah. All right. This is from, uh, the night before last at, 235 in the morning oh so you're doing this in the middle of the night sometimes yeah oh wow. if i like roll over and the dream's fresh i record it do you keep your recorder open so you don't have to go through your app that long or your phone that long it's on like my home page oh wow this is we're given these coins by mysterious old people who later turn out to be us from the future <laughs> And the coins allow us to transform into animals whenever we think about it. And everything's going well. But we start to abuse the power and turn into like animals that don't exist and fly to China for food. We fly to China for food. Eventually these people show up and round us up and bring us into like this secret society that monitors their stuff wait it gets really good right here they they're like weirdly in a warehouse with all kinds of home goods we ask why they say that they put uh, they embed technology into everyone's like houseware like pots and pans (laughs) that control temporal anomalies at a small level so that your house eventually becomes full of these Home goods. Home goods and keeps everyone at bay. And there's a big escape scene where we're running through these aisles and like throwing things at people and knocking stuff off shelves. And then we sort of realize that 
Why didn't they just take the coins from us? Why didn't they just take the coins? That's all they had to do. After they had our coins. Listen. Why didn't they? So, someone theorizes that maybe we don't need the coins to transform that. That's another form of control that we have. So with like a lot of effort, we can do it ourselves. But oh, to back up, the reason why we got caught is because we started doing actual like crimes, like stealing things and stuff like that when we were in animal form or in like a weird form or something like that. So we vow that we're going to use the power, but only for good. <laughs> yes! You know what? Okay, well, there's a lot of things there's I want to talk about There's a whole lot this. to unload. Let's just talk about this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so my first wow. thing is, I am so happy that you do this because this is not for the podcast. You didn't do this for the podcast. So no. If I almost you, didn't talk about this. I know, but the best part about it is that you would just have that. And, like, that is gold. Those are the uncut gems of, like, just, like, your phone, just of existence. Yeah. Because it was hilarious. Thank um, you. How many do you currently have? Uh, One and a half. Okay. These need to go on <laughs> Patreon. Like, these are so good. I'm going to keep doing it, though. I just started it, like, this week. Oh man, that was the hardest I've laughed in like three weeks. That and was good. I the reason why I recorded that that's the first one I recorded, and the reason why is because at the time I was like, "This is a legitimately great idea for a comic book series." It's like <laughs> bad animorphs. Yeah, it's naughty it's animorphs. Bad animorphs, exactly. Oh, I boy. do kind of like the idea of like the secret government controlling us through our ho- home goods, though. <laughs> like stuff implanted into pots and pans it was like power coins from power rangers yeah and all this stuff but it, the just, power was inside us all yeah, along it was just it was a placebo and it was given to us by us from the future because we knew we had the power oh i i do love how eloquently you like talked about it in the middle of the night literally I know. minutes after waking up and I was whispering because my sister and my niece are asleep in the yeah. next bedrooms. How long does it take you to fall asleep after that? Immediately. Like, uh, I don't think I even shut it off fall properly. Asleep after anything. You yeah. probably have recorded more and you just don't even know it. Maybe. It's probably like 13 files. I used to record myself snoring for fun. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I know you did. We, you did that for a podcast. Yeah, I was yeah. And then say, it turns that out nice that you had very severe sleep apnea. <laughs> and I was like dying, dying every night. So yeah, it was good that it was good that you did that for fun. So you're going to like confess to like a crime or something on there. No, I don't have any yeah. crimes to confess to. No, that we Only know of. Only your dreams. <laughs> Only dream my crimes. Dream. Thought crimes. Dream crimes. Dream crimes. I'm so glad you went last. That just worked out perfectly. Oh, I'm glad perfect. you enjoyed it. Great. 10 out of 10. Very cool. Very cool. Mindfield was originally a show that was on YouTube Red which then changed to YouTube Premium, and now it is outside of the paywall. You do not have to pay to watch it. Yes. But um, it is a show that basically does a whole lot of like experiments, I guess was kind of like the mm-hmm. main conceit of the show. Mythbusters. Kind of is, but it, it's mostly just like doing science for the fun of it and uh, also informing and stuff, which uh, is behind the creator of the show, um, 
Michael, his uh, his YouTube channel is called Vsauce, which I know Jeff is a fan of. Yeah, so I didn't know what Minefield was. And then yeah. I Googled it and I was like, oh, yeah. I know Vsauce. Yeah. I've watched a lot of those videos. Oh. And I've actually seen the first video of Minefield when it was free. And I'm yeah. getting I sick and tired of all these YouTube men. <laughs> so I'm not super familiar with Vsauce. I know the show Minefield. But Jeff, if you want to just kind of explain what his YouTube channel is. Yeah. The, I mean, my exposure to uh, Minefield is just through his previous videos on his previous channel. Dan, imagine if uh, you were a fan of Bill Nye as a child. <laughs> I was. So you're doing good so far. Okay. Imagine one for game. one. <laughs> and then imagine if you grew up and you wanted to be like him so bad and he just molded your whole entire world and then you uh, put out a show. I didn't. It's like that. It's like a 30 something year old guy who makes like a uh, Bill Nye show. That's like it incorporates graphics and uh, interesting thoughts that you can like, like, you know, this thing. Well, here's how it relates to this. Yeah. And he has these really weird concepts or he, he goes through these really th- weird things mm-hmm. like what if this crazy thing happened? Yeah. Like what okay. if what if the world was flat? And then it's like a 30 minute video about what would happen or like if gravity was less. Or and like he does crazy deep stuff like dives. That. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, well, if the world is flat, the water will fall off yeah. the side. The end. Like no. the, he actually uses like science and math and breaks everything down and explains it for dum dums like us. OK. Yeah. yeah. So that's and I've watched a whole lot of those videos yeah they're a lot of fun but i've only seen one of minefield which was like that but with a budget yeah yeah so minefield is essentially vsauce videos but with youtube producing them right um youtube uh was going to a lot of creators asking them to make premium shows for their premium network basically and um this was one of them and it's so youtube red failed because I haven't heard about that in a long time. It, it essentially did. I, I'm still a subscriber to it because I like to watch YouTube without ads. Um, Does that mean that I can now watch the Karate Kid show? Yes, I think so, actually. It's free? I hmm. think so. I'm not completely sure. Let's do that episode instead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this show is, to be honest, it's it just kind of like science porn. I don't know how else to describe it as like, I like to watch this and like, just like listen to people sort of like explain things and. Uh, part of Minefield is like doing the actual experiment, which I find like fascinating. Like the first episode that uh, of Minefield that Jeff had watched is called Isolation. And it's about what if he was That's isolated. Fitting. Yeah. What uh-huh. if he was isolated for, um, I don't remember exactly how long. I think it was long. like as long as he can go. Yeah, basically as long as he can go. Put in a room with no mental stimulants. Oh, David yeah. Blaine did that. And it was 100% real. Oh, yeah? Well, this is 100% real too. Yeah. Realer. Yeah. But I kind of like this because you you sort of figure out you you learn a little bit about Michael, who's the host, um, because it, it is a very personal journey for him because he's putting himself through the experiment. Um, but it's also just fascinating to watch. Like, what does your mind do as you're sitting in a room in isolation in like literally this just like plain white room? And uh, it's very interesting and it's very cool to watch. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, there's a couple of other episodes, which is, um, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it, it's basically the train experiment, which is like morally, like not a great, like he, he goes into it in the video, but it, it's always like, should I, are my morals telling me that I shouldn't do this experiment? Because it's, it's, you're putting a person in the situation of you see two, two train tracks where, um, there's one person with one, there's. 
basically the train is heading for one person on a train track, doesn't know that that it's happening, or do you move it to? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. Does he do a better job explaining it? Yes, he does. Okay. So the train is heading towards like three people, but um, on the other track, there's one person on there. Does the person that's doing the experiment change it to the person to the track with only one person on it? Or do you just let it go and not have any involvement with it? I think you're doing a bad job explaining it, but I'm pretty sure that that's from the good place. No. I'm sure it's from just human morality. No, I, that, what I mean is I think it was referenced in the good Maybe, place. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a like a psychological Yes. But it's 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 been an experiment that's like should we do this because so it's So he not actually runs people right. over with trains? It's um well no, he doesn't actually just run cats. people over with trains, but just it's baby in, humans. Oh. They're not real humans yet. Yeah. So they don't they're they don't smaller. Count. Yeah, they don't count as much. They go over it in the episodes, but it's it's a simulation. It's not an actual experiment. He doesn't actually run people over, but it's I like mean, sort of like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Some would say everything is a simulation. I mean, okay, we're Elon in the Matrix Musk. right now. Yeah. Um. So that's a very interesting episode. There's an episode that's literally just titled "Should I Die," and uh, I think we're gonna watch that one too. Yes, we're gonna get yes. We're gonna get some existential in here, and uh, it's gonna be fun. I have a playlist of uh, four videos. I don't know if Jeff wants to add any to them. But... I've only seen the one. Yeah. So I'm cool with whatever. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're going to put the playlist in the show notes. And Dan, I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to find it mentally stimulating. And um, it's going to be better than watching The Incredible Dr. Pole. So uh, I don't know about that, Jim. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested. I, I like Bill Nye the Science Guy. I like yeah. Mythbusters. Sounds like it's sort of of that formula. Yeah, it's, it's kind of in that vein. I um, like The Incredible Dr. Pole. Yeah, apparently. Uh, so we're going to have you watch it, and I'm very excited to see what you think, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about that, see what we would do in those situations. And, uh, situations. Situations. Jimmy, I'm so excited. Yeah? I just can't hide it. That's awesome. He's about to lose control. Oh, I already screwed up the word. I think he likes it. Yeah. So we're going to watch these videos. We're going to discuss, watch along with us if you'd like. And when we come back, we'll have watched nine seasons of The Incredible Dr. Pole. No. Jeff and I are going to talk Dan into Minefield. Mind. Is it anything like Minesweeper? The game. Vaguely. Mind explosion. <laughs> Okay, fellas. Hi. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Dan. I'm the one that said hi and you say hi to Jimmy? <laughs> yeah. You don't even engaging. acknowledge my hi. I was hi. engaging him. He didn't say hi. But you don't give me a hi. Well, Jeff, I gave you a hi. Please be quiet. No, this isn't how highs work. Jimmy, shut you off have the to microphone right the now. the hierarchy. <laughs> hi, Jeff. Hi, Dan. Uh, so <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Yes. And I watched some YouTubes. So did we. Yeah. I did. I don't know if Jimmy did. No, I hated it. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I hate YouTube. I watched like five minutes and I was like, oh, this sucks. I don't know why we're doing this. Just we kidding. watched four episodes of Bill Nye the Science Guy Light. <laughs> light? light? No, just kidding. I thought it was like bold, like Doritos bold. Mindfield. Yeah. Starring random man whose name I forgot. Vsauce. Michael here. Oh, Vsauce. <laughs> nice. I thought his name was Noah. I'm going to call him Noah. He looks like a Noah. <laughs> He's not, but okay. No, uh, so we watched four Michael episodes Stevens. that yes. you guys picked out for us. Correct. We're I gonna, picked them out. We're going to be spoiling them. I only saw Isolation previously because yeah. I didn't know they were all free. So three of these were new to me, too. Oh. I, I'm like, talked into Jeff, it. Jeff, did we talk you into Minefield? You did, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, 
So let's get right into it, guys. Isolation. Yeah. Episode one, season one, the very first episode. I thought, what's the big deal? I live my life in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this is something that I was like pretty interested in once they laid out uh, the hypothesis and the idea behind it. Um, basically, the show gets right into the topic, which I like. There's not a lot of preamble. Right. Yep. Um, it's a nice tight 30 minute episode or, you know, give or take a few mm -hmm. before we get into like what it's about. What do you think of the structure of the show? Because like, no, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. When you're watching like TV with commercials or mm. even like when there's not too many commercials, they repeat a lot of stuff throughout and you're like rewatching the same crap and it's really like 10 minutes of content. Yeah. <clears throat> but with Minefield. Yeah. I felt that if this was on regular TV, it'd be an hour episode and it would be boring. Yes. Agreed. I like it felt tight. And like I said, I like that they didn't like go into like a whole like, hi, I'm Michael Bull, and I did this for a career and I do minefield because of this. And this is what we do every week. There was like none of that. Nope. Yeah. He was just like, hey, uh, this week we're talking about isolation. And uh, um, there was some preliminary stuff, but I thought it was all pretty interesting. Like I really liked. Um, but you need it for context. Need what? The preliminary stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting to that. I, I like I'm it. just I'm I'm just adding on to your conversation. I'm building I liked here. uh I liked the interview with the uh former prisoner yep. who had spent a lot of time in solitary confinement. Yeah, that was effed up. Yeah. Because yeah. it's real and like it happens all the time and it's happening right now. And he was in there for like I think five months after yeah, was the crazy. longest stretch, and that's yeah. just bonkers. Yeah, it just dealt with the inhumanity of that whole process. But also it served to contextualize the experiment that was gonna be coming up. It was a way to introduce mm -hmm. the the way the experiment was going to work mm -hmm. and also put it in context of showing how the host was like pretty terrified of how this was going to go. Right. Yeah. And just like explaining how like sometimes like the worst part of it is actually seeing the door closing and knowing, you know, knowing that you're stuck in there. And to me, like one thing that I never thought about and what became clearly like the biggest issue of being in isolation was losing time yeah just the fact that he didn't have a watch or a clock became like a huge part of the torture of it yeah right. so it's, it's mental torture yeah we should talk a little bit about the experiment that he, he goes into is um <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah, I, I coughed on a word i was about to speak what were you gonna say uh the experiment was he was gonna say he's gonna be in a room a 10 by 10 foot room yep for three days straight with a bright light, everything's white. There's mm -hmm. just food and water, no labels, nothing to read, no watch, no phone, just things to keep him alive, like food, water, and a toilet. Yeah. And already immensely it. better than uh the situation in solitary confinement, yeah, though. It is the fact yeah. that he had a bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Um and so that's gonna be the experiment. So seventy two <clears throat> hours. Yeah. And the other preliminary thing that they did was um they said like a lot of studies show that people would rather be caused pain than be bored. So they had like a oh, buzzer yeah. um, and they left a the guy alone in the room for a half hour. And within a minute, a, a buzzer that like if you pressed it, you it get hurt. shocked. You get a minor yeah. shock. So they did it beforehand to show him like, hey, this hurts. And they left him alone in the room. Yeah. And within a minute, he pressed it and he kept pressing it. Literally like at the yeah. minute mark. Yeah. It's it's so crazy how like people need stimulant in order to like not be bored. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that was all interesting. And then we, we really got into the, the meat of the episode, which was the experiment. Yep. Well, what about this, Dan? You've talked on the show before how you've been you've been in float tanks. Yeah. Oh, well, true. they did yeah. talk yeah. about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, with the Hobbit. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. to set it up, to just talk about how 
it can be like relaxing to yep. lose all the stimulants, but for mm. a period of time, not like three days. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he really got into it as much as Dominic Monaghan. No, he called himself a floater. Yeah. Like he was into floating. And uh, the host didn't really seem to get the reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wore swim trunks, which maybe that ruined the experience for him. Oh, you got to go all natural. Yeah, dude. Just like a little buoy. You just got to become right part with that water. You just got (laughs) to get into it. Okay. Anyways, so that was kind of fun. I didn't know that uh, that uh, Pippin was a big floater. Floater, yeah. That yeah. was cool. Now you know. All right, so the experiment. Yeah, so he's locked in there, and uh, he pretty mu- they, they put him in there in the evening time. I want to say like right before 10 o'clock like, at yeah, night. Yeah, 10, 25, I think. Oh, it was after 10? Yeah. So he pretty, I mean, he like acclimates himself to the environment and then pretty quickly decides to go to sleep, which is smart. For, I would try to sleep yeah, as much as I could. Yeah, about six hours. Yeah. The problem is, he has no sense of time or daylight or the outside world. So very quickly, his circadian or circadian circadian rhythm. Yeah. Is completely obliterated. Yeah. Yep. It was like four 30 in the morning. He thought it was nine. Yep. But then by eight, he thought it was like 7 PM. So he was going to have dinner. Yeah. yeah. It ended up that by the second day, he was off an entire day. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, it, it was, it was the day before. So he was like 48 hours into it. He's, he's like, like I my, feel like my gonna... biggest fear is that this isn't the last day. Yeah. He's like, I feel like they're going to be letting me out in the next hour or two. And, he and had the screen whole... just says 28 hours remaining. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And that is really when the experiment started to take a turn. His mind starts to deteriorate because before that he was just sort of like occupying himself with menial tasks, mind games. Yeah. Pushing, doing push ups, counting things. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um. But every time he fell asleep, he could not gauge how long he was sleeping for, and he was just totally screwed up. And yeah. there, there, be, there came a point where he couldn't. He was dreaming about being in the room, yeah. So he couldn't differentiate what was real life and what was a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when things got a little weird. He like walked over, opened the door a crack. Yeah, and I think he realized what was happening, so he closed it because he didn't want to legitimately quit the experiment. He just was like in this weird sleepwalking state, mm-hmm. and like while this is all happening too, like. Uh, some of his family was was observing them too. Yeah. Um. And it, it was just like sad, just seeing like your son literally going like crazy in a room. The only thing I could think of, um, that I will say probably had a negative effect on the validity of the experiment is the confessional camera, because even he said it helped him. Keep- yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that he could walk over to that corner and speak to a camera was keeping some rational thought in mm. his mind it was some level of communication because and like e- even input. if the confessional camera wasn't there he knew it was being filmed right that's true so he could just he would have just speak out loud right. to the security camera or whatever yeah so um all i could think of is how much this dude would have broken if there was no camera mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah and then as you alluded to jimmy it start started to get pretty emotional when on that third day he had no idea when he was getting out Mm -hmm. and he started to show symptoms of like depression yeah he was literally just like standing against a wall with his face against the wall or just like laying around pulling his mattress off his bed and laying it over the top of him and Mm -hmm. that's when his mom started to like get upset and stuff yeah so eventually the 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 experiment ends uh they knock on the door and they let him out and he's sort of like 
amped up about it like they were talking about his blood pressure being like super high and stuff and yeah that's another thing we didn't mention is they took a lot of his um his vitals vitals, vitals before the experiment i knew the word too jim yeah oh. and then afterwards and uh their hypothesis was actually proven wrong they were expecting to see like negative effects on his cognitive abilities and yeah. stuff um but it was actually positive and they attributed that to a spike in his um uh, what do you call it? his adrenaline and things like that yeah. just due to like the excitement of getting out and stuff mm-hmm. so it was interesting i i do think that they clearly showed that long-term effects um if you're in that environment with no idea of the time no idea of when you're getting out yeah and no input from a camera and stuff like that would be pretty drastically bad for a person <laughs> for sure um and basically like this episode it, it ends sort of like on a uh, it's kind of funny because he he does like uh uh like little messages at the end or whatever and he's talking about like how like yeah people like do things or whatever like for the experience but he's like people talking to people is like the experience something like he said something yeah i know what you're saying he said like even uh, just having experience having an experience is only valuable if you have some way to share it with someone yeah i was like oh that's cute yeah that's why we podcast now it's time for my final thought that's (laughs) what it was like yeah kind of so I like this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. It was something I was naturally curious about. Mm. Well, I think it's going to be a yes from you. There's we're a lot of one positive. quarter of the way through. Yeah, um, <laughs> I still have I have a good feeling. Oh, good for you, Jeff. <laughs> is this your experiment to see whether I get talked into it? It is. Jimmy and I discussed it. There's yeah. actually a camera right here if you look. <laughs> what up? <laughs> um, cheers. Cheers, effers. <laughs> um, no, I like this episode. Uh, I thought... It could have been even a little bit shorter. I thought some of the time spent on the experiment was a little dragging. Oh, I, I kind of wish that it was longer. I yeah, would have liked I it was to a good see, time. like, yeah. It was, like, as long as a TV show. Maybe yeah. a couple minutes longer. Yeah. But I thought it was good. It was good, though. It was interesting. Um, I wasn't really shocked by the results. It's kind of what I expected. No, yeah. but it's seeing the actual experiment. Yeah. And, like... Well, you know, that's my opinion. Okay. Don't try to talk me out of my beliefs, I'm going to talk you out of everything you believe in. <laughs> um, Vote red. Yeah. I think they did shine a light on, like, how damaging isolation can be in those, like, prison systems and stuff. And I oh, think people sure. are realizing that now, too. Um, yeah, I liked it. Cool. All right. So, the next episode is The Greater Good, which is the one that I was talking about very not well in yeah. the last uh, segment. <laughs> the trolley problem. Yeah, the trolley problem episode. Yeah. And uh, this one I was really interested going into because, as I said, this was a plot point of... Um, Heroes. Remember that? No. That was, like, the whole point of, like, the first two seasons? Oh. No, I was talking about The <laughs> Good Place where they literally recreate the trolley incident. Oh. And uh, just to prove whether someone does or does not belong in The Good Place. And... Uh, so it was interesting to hear the story, the history behind that um, philosophical theory, yeah, where it came from and things like that. And it is like a real moral quandary, yeah. And not only like what should you do, but what would you do if you were in that circumstance? Mm-hmm. Um, this, and if we should do this, yeah. But I really, I really like the setup in this episode Me because too. they even had they were questioning the ethics mm-hmm. on doing an ethics test, yeah, and if they should, and like. He, he got a lot of advice from people and they probably wouldn't have done it if people were like, don't do it. Yeah, that's bad. But yeah, but there was a lot of preparation going into it. Mm-hmm. But even when they started the actual experiment, I was like, 
this is f***ed up. Jeff. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. But it is. Like, even though, like, they had all these professionals, like, yeah, we have these, uh, the safety nut in place. Yeah. We have, like, preparation afterwards and counselors on the field. And any possible outcome that could come, we're covering it. But I was still like, it is messed up. Yeah, I want to get to that more when we talk about yeah, the experiment. We but um, w- another preliminary thing that they put in place was um, they sort of tried to weed out people that they thought would be more susceptible right. mm-hmm. to, you know, mental anguish and PTSD and things like that. Yeah. So I thought the preliminary steps that they took were important. Yep. Um, like Jeff said, they referred to like a college ethics board. He spoke to mental health experts, things like yeah. that. But really, this one to me had a lot less lead up than the prior episode because a lot more attention had to be paid to the experiment. Right. Yeah. Um, in the prior episode we watched, the experiment was basically, you know, they didn't have to show us how they put a bed in a room and put yeah. lights up. Yeah. But this one, they did have to really explain, like, how they convinced these people to be there. It took a lot to put these um, random people in this situation without knowing that they're part of an experiment. Right. And I was wondering, do you think that Elsa, who the first girl that they showed, was the first one they filmed or they just put that there to make it to show you? Yeah, I'm not like sure. It, it was it was produced really well. The, ep- mm. the episode, I mean. Yeah. Um, that was the way to do it. If she was the first, then fine. But if she was like the fourth, I think you still need to see that first. Yeah. And not go in order. I agree. I don't know. I think if they wanted to like edit it and change the order, they could have done it differently because it was interesting that there was four in a row that all did nothing. Right. So yeah. so let's get to the heart of the episode, which is the experiment. Um, These people think they're at this train yard to basically give feedback on a new high-speed rail train. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're told that, oh, you know, there's been a delay and um, it's going to be a little while, so can you sit in this, uh, this like, track-changing station? It, you know, it's air-conditioned. It's air-conditioned. Get out yeah. of the heat. So they go in there and there's a guy who's, like, a conductor and he's, like, showing them, oh, this is what I do. I watch these cameras yeah. and I watch these feeds and when a train's coming, I switch the tracks. And um, they think that they're viewing a live feed and, and all this stuff. And then at one point, the guy gets up and takes a phone call, and he's like, oh, can you just stay here for a minute? Well, you're skipping a part where he shows them how to switch the actual tracks. Well, yeah. And he's so, like, so oh, now, you can try it, too. know how to do it. Yeah. I will say, this is shockingly close to my actual job, except <laughs> way less lives are at stake. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, like, switching channels. Yeah. Um. So the, the conductor guy leaves, and they're sitting there at this control room, and, and then it becomes clear through these, like, announcements, like, warning, objects on the track. Yeah. So they look up at the at the camera monitors, and they see that there's, like, construction workers on the train tracks, and there's a split, and on one side of the track, there's five people, and on the other track, there's one person. Then the next announcement is, train approaching, warning, train approaching, and all this stuff. So it becomes clear that this train is going to hit the five people. Yeah. Unless the person at that control booth decides to switch the tracks, mm-hmm. in which case only one person will be hit. So here's the moral quandary. This is the the trolley incident. It's like, do you choose the greater good and kill the one person to save five lives? Mm-hmm. Or do you do nothing? And this is to me, the most interesting part of the experiment was not even like what the outcome was because I mean, as Jeff alluded to, we saw the first person, Elsie or Elsa. Elsa. She chose to train, change the track, and she explained why she did that. And then another person did as well. But the other four people did nothing. 
And to me, the outcome was less interesting than the look on their faces when it became clear to them what was happening or yeah. what they believed to be happening. Yeah. Because at that moment, those people were, were reduced to their base animal instincts. Mm-hmm. But all most or all did look for help but couldn't find it because they didn't want to yeah. or they didn't take responsibility. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There was less freezing up than I thought there would be. But just the look in their eye, it was like a deer in the headlights. It was just sheer panic. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was very like powerful to see that playing out. And and in Elsa and in the, I forget the guy, Corey, Corey who did make the he change. He was distraught. Yeah. Crying. And that's when I was like, this is messed up. But it was interesting. You could see their decision playing out on their face. Yeah. Like they internalized the problem. They realized that they could make a choice and they just did it. And that was just because you don't have crazy time. to me. You have who knows how long. Yeah. Seconds. And then also like the other thing that I took from it was how the people who did nothing sort of use self-soothing techniques to cope with their lack of decision mm. by saying things like, I assumed that the train had technology that would stop it. Yeah. Or I assumed that somebody would hear it and turn around. Exactly. And it's interesting what we do to keep ourselves sane, basically. Mm. That's true. Or shift the blame to, or just yeah. fate. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about Corey at all? Or um... yeah, I mean, he was he was shaking, tears yeah. running down his face. He was even after. So as soon as the experiment ends, before it hits the people, it comes uh, flashes on the screen. Everybody's safe. This is a test. And yeah. Then Michael and uh, another guy rush in there, tell everybody what happened. They meet the actors afterwards. So the people mm-hmm. they saw on the track. Yeah. The um. The conductor guy, mm-hmm. another lady. They meet everybody. So be like, hey, everybody's cool. And you like afterwards you see him smiling and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt really bad for Corey. Yeah. He was a crisis actor, Jeff. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. No, just kidding. um I have a question for both of you, and I can answer too. Yes. Um, do you think they should have done this? Do I think that it caused anyone long-term mental harm, even Corey? No, I don't think so. Okay. Do I think that the results were as important as they made it out to be? No. No, mm. I don't think so either. I think it was mostly entertainment. Yeah, they, they try to frame it as like, we're this entertainment show, but like this yeah. could help for the greater good. Even on the College Ethics Review Board, they're like, will even that was kind of like the trolley problem. Yeah. Will putting some people in distress help more people in the future? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know really what their results added no, to. I don't think, think so either. To be honest with you, if you look at real um like ethical morality tests that are conducted by like well-established universities and things like that, they're doing it on such a high scale and high numbers because there's always going to be like outliers and variables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So to test five people I don't think anyone's going to look at those scores as really indicative of a wider range of people. Mm. Um, But I also think that there's value just in the entertainment level of, you know, teaching people about this moral quandary and getting people to understand fight or flight. I mean, like I said, I don't think it really was necessary, but I also don't think it really harmed anyone. Okay. I like that answer. Um, so for the next episode, it's an interesting one. Can I just say that I really like that episode? Oh yeah, you can. I thought it was paced better mm. than the first. Can I one. just say I think you're going to be a yes this episode? You can say whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> and I am. I think you're going to be a yes. This, this is Trump's America. You could say whatever you want because you're white. Keep it in, Jim. Keep it in. 
the psychedelic experience. Yes. When he went to Peru. Yeah. And did ayahuasca. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Jimmy, when you watched this for the first time, what was your exposure to, like, ayahuasca? Did you know about it? I knew of it, yeah. Had you ever taken it? Yeah, tons of times. <laughs> tons? Uh, no, I've never done it. He always goes to South America to take ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure Jeff knew about it, yeah, as did because, I. Because uh, Robin, Robin Quivers. Quivers. On the Howard Stern, <laughs> no, Howard Stern show. Yeah. Uh, famously experience went to oh, peru right. and yes. did this did the whole ayahuasca that's funny thing so we heard about it through there that's the only time i've ever heard about it though and i found this episode interesting because talk about viewing an event through completely different lenses yeah right he went into it from like a scientific uh you know learning about himself learning about the power mm-hmm. of psychedelics and what it how it would alter his brain and things like that yeah versus Hearing about it on the Howard Stern show, <laughs> which you can imagine was from a different perspective. It was about, well, Robin Quivers is famously sort of like, a, I don't know, like a new age type person. Yeah, kind of. She, she, has, did, she did have a very serious bout with cancer. Yeah, so this, was this was prior kind of, to that, though. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was kind of like an alternative. No, she's been on a journey of self-discovery for decades, and mm. she decided to do ayahuasca, and it was sort of like this mystical type thing for her, but also like... I'm just going to get right down to it. There's a big portion of the ayahuasca experience that was left out of this episode, which I've heard not just from Robin Quivers, but from other sources. It's vomiting. Vomiting and pooping. Yeah. Is a big part of it Hmm. because drinking ayahuasca has an immense, it's like drinking poison. Yeah. They literally plan for it like you're given buckets. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird that, that they too. didn't even mention it. Like I get that he's not about that life, so they're not going to show it. Yeah. But I thought yeah, but he would be show like him pooping in the isolation <laughs> either. No, they did show him peeing though. That's true. Yeah, they did. I, he he could have at least said like, oh, one of the side effects is severe intestinal discomfort or something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just kept sort of waiting for the pooping. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy, can you isolate? I was waiting for the pooping and put yeah. it into the intro theme song. Yeah. Yes. Take out something else. They're all yeah. from old episodes. <laughs> I will. I just put, I was waiting for the pooping yeah. just for this episode and see if anybody realizes okay. it. Um, no, but I mean, so there's a lot of preliminary stuff in this episode. He's talking yeah. about the history of psychedelics. Yeah. I also didn't know it was a multi-day event. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to ease into it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't know. Well, they don't want to just give you a heavy dose and then have you just break from reality and run screaming and naked into the forest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which might happen. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of preliminary stuff in this episode. For me, too much. Um, We Mm. get a lot of the history of psychedelic drugs and uh, the United States government's, you know, trying to corral psychedelic drugs and how they might be valuable to people. Then we get a whole layer of stuff about his own physiology, the tests that they perform on him to find his base brain levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. His meeting with I thought experts. that was the bulk of this episode. Yeah. And it, it was interesting to know the history and it was. what works like and what ex- trying to explain what being in that situation is like is like yeah. explaining colors to a blind person. Yeah. My problem is I didn't think that the preliminary stuff was boring. I found it interesting. But I think when you look at the episode as a whole and you look at the ratio of preliminary testing and post-experience testing to the actual event, mm-hmm. it's it's out of whack. Right. Mm. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he feels that or the producers of this series feels that as well, but just weren't able to 
get enough usable footage. I'm just going to say, maybe they didn't have enough content or it wasn't as entertaining as they thought. Well, and I mean, how good. long can you film a guy like feeling his face to make sure he right. still exists? He, um, he, <laughs> I, he obviously <laughs> lost the ability to be a host, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, so it became clear that he was not able to verbalize what he was experiencing. Yeah. But also, I just don't think he had the reaction that he was hoping for or that his producers were hoping for. Mm. Um, I think he's too anxious of a person. It's like why I would never do psychedelics. Yeah. Because he couldn't let go. Yeah. And he was well, getting to the control. point. And that was hard for him. Yeah, that's scary. And some people like that or can handle that or seek that out. But he was clearly fighting the trip. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought in the end it felt like they put a lot of time and money into this episode, but it didn't really pay off for me. I, I could agree. I, I've, I like his, um, his sort of uh, descriptions of the trip and stuff and like how they sort of visualize it on the screen too. Um, I think it's a worthwhile episode. That's why I put it in the, uh, in the uh, playlist, but yeah, I almost would have rather him in his sort of like final summation, final thought thing mm -hmm. say like, this wasn't for me. I, I almost wish he would more come mm. down strongly on the side of like, I, he alluded to the fact that the way he went into it and how he had this yeah. mantra of like, you're okay. You're not going to die. Yeah. Is like the wrong way to be. Um, but I think that just sort of speaks to his character and that yeah. this probably was never going to work for him. Yeah. I knew of this episode. This is actually how I started watching minefield. He was on uh, the H3 podcast, which is a podcast that I listened to. Um, talking about uh, going to Peru and, and doing his um, ayahuasca trip and stuff. So yeah. I, maybe because I had more context, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to actually see it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the other thing that's problematic is I feel that if he had one more session, he probably would have gotten there. Yeah. But I think they have rules at those like resorts. Probably. They only do yeah. it a certain amount. Yeah. Because he was starting to experience that dissolution of the id or whatever they call it. Yeah. Dissolution ego of death. ego. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just, he couldn't give himself over to it. Yeah. Which I don't blame him. That's a scary perspective. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to be a completely different person on the other side of drinking this. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I don't know. Jeff, you've never seen this episode. What did no. you think of it? Exactly what you thought. Yeah. I thought that the history was really good and learning about it was very interesting. But like the actual experiment, but it was kind of a letdown. But it's kind of like what Jimmy said, like how, how long are you going to look at somebody touching their face? I agree. So you have to like talk about it more often. I think and you can. And the whole point of doing ayahuasca is to have an experience yeah. that you can't verbalize. Yeah. So mm -hmm. how are you going to tell us what I don't think like? he had that, though, either, because he seemed like he had not gone as far as he wanted to. Right. Um, what I will say is it's interesting when you look at this in the context of being a YouTube series. Because if this was produced by a big budget, like if this was on NBC, Mind they wouldn't have showed any of that. No, this whole episode probably yeah. would have been canned. They yeah. wouldn't have made it. <laughs> well, but. sometimes this type of thing happens where they go into it with a great idea, it doesn't turn out good, and they just cut the episode. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I think they were probably like, yeah, we flew you to Peru, so we're putting something <laughs> we're putting on it out. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. I just thought that it was kind of like a lot of buildup and then not a big payoff. Mm-hmm. So the last episode, the cognitive trade-off process. Yeah. This was the first episode that I wasn't like very interested in the subject matter. I didn't mm -hmm. know what it was at first. I, I had never yeah. heard of it. Uh, he spells out pretty clearly that there's this hypothesis from um, these primate scientists in Japan 
that basically state that in order to gain the power of language and speech, we had to give up a portion of our brain or at least like underdevelop yeah. a portion of our brain that has to do with short-term memory and how these chimpanzees are being tested at much higher rates of success in short-term memory than human beings are. Yeah. So again, like I didn't know anything about this. It wasn't something I was, the other three topics were things that I had heard of and was like, okay, I'm curious to see how this goes. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that connection to this, but I do think that this, as far as just like a scientific experiment and just being, it's not a TV show, but being some form of entertainment, I thought was probably the tightest and like, yeah. Um, best produced of the four we watched. Mm. Um, I thought it was a nice segue. It didn't feel jarringly separate from the buildup to the experiment. Mm -hmm. He was just like went from like talking about the situation and the experimentation they do on these chimpanzees to like being integrated into it. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. Um, I thought the expert that they dealt with in Japan was was really in, an interesting guy with an interesting career. And yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to go into the specifics. It became pretty clear no, from early like a on. Test. There was it wasn't much of an experiment. It was clear from the beginning that he was going to fail. Yeah. Yeah, but when they first tested the mother chimp against him when they had to memorize three letters, you could watch just watch the video. We're not going to explain yeah, to you yeah. what they have to do. Um he beat he beat the chimp. He got 95% accurate and she got 90%. And then when they they tested him against their best chimp. The best chimp that they have mm -hmm. with nine letters they had to memorize. He failed quickly he couldn't memorize yeah. in the right order these nine letters and the chimp was just like done well <laughs> yeah. done. not only did he fail he failed miserably because he could sometimes he could pass if he had unlimited time yeah. and it was taking him on average like 14 seconds the chimp was passing every time at a half a second yeah so that was pretty crazy pretty incredible and yeah i found it interesting to yeah. me this if this is what this series is where it's just like chooses to highlight a weird science fact i'm like i'm down with that yeah it doesn't all have to be like life-altering you know that's things. what the majority of this show is uh, a lot of this show like I, I chose like i would say i would i chose the special episodes of, of this show because like um the first one is like an um it, it's the series premiere um it's an experiment that he goes through himself um as long uh, along with the ayahuasca as well um but like the majority of the show is a lot like the first episode where um, there's a, a few experiments before like the ex the big experiment and it's sort of just like highlighting different like sciencey things. Yeah. Um, whereas like the second episode, the trolley experiment, that's a whole other aspect. Ayahuasca, he goes to Peru, he does ayahuasca. It's very different from like the rest of the show. Yeah. And I thought the sort of the summation of this episode was pretty interesting that it's like, you know it's natural to feel that we're better than them because we use language, but are yeah. we just different because they're better than us at something? Exactly. And then I love that little closing clip of the scientists, like hugging that chimp and yeah. like hooting oh, with yeah. him. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Caesar's home, bro. Yeah. Caesar is home. Uh, what about the production, Jim? Why don't you talk about that? Cause you're yeah, a production sure. boy and a YouTube yeah. boy. It was really well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely filmed like a reality TV show. Yeah. Um, it's not like comparatively to Vsauce videos. Exactly. Which is just like him recording himself and yeah, editing yeah. the video, presumably yeah. himself, which are good. Yeah. I'm sure he has a crew, um, like normally for his Vsauce videos and stuff, but, um, it's definitely a, a lot more higher production value than his actual Some videos. Some of it's cinematic too, like the Very, LA yeah. bookends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but no, the, the production of the show is great. I mean, it's produced by YouTube. So it's I'm assuming it's YouTube's team that's kind of going in. There's no commercials. I know you get no YouTube yeah. free or red or whatever it's called. Yeah. But there's no ads before, during, or after yeah. these videos. Yeah, which, which is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. I want to know how much they cost to make because there's some big like sweeping, like wide angle shots in some of these like establishing scenes. Yeah. And I'm wondering, do they like use stock footage? Are no, they using like I don't think so because they like zoom into him on a roof. That's true. Yeah. Drone stuff, maybe. It looks like a crane shot. Might be drone stuff. Yeah. Crazy. I saw a drone last night. Really? Yeah, in the city. Cool story, bro. It was crazy. I was like, wow, look at that. I'm thinking about getting a drone. Technology is crazy. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Cool story, bro. (laughs) Great. Dan, do you have any overall thoughts or? Yeah, I mean, my overall thoughts, um, I think it's fun and interesting. I don't know if they make it a little too serious. Um, Hmm. Like, it does, the way it strays away from that type of Bill Nye vibe is, um, it's just he takes everything way more seriously. Yeah. It's not, some, there's not that whole, like, science is fun type vibe. Yeah. Watch Vsauce. Vsauce is, I, I is different. Gonna, I was going to well, say. you should have talked me into Vsauce well, then. Well, let's ask you and then we'll, we'll compare it to Vsauce. Okay. See, uh, Jimmy, why don't you, yeah. you ask him this question. Dan, did Jeff and I talk you into Minefield? Yes. I called it. (laughs) You did. You were playing hard to get, but I knew all along. So if you like the goofier stuff, watch some of his other videos on, it's on the same channel, the Vsauce channel, but he, he deals with a lot of weird topics. They're like, yeah, what if earth stops spinning? It's literally like like, deep dive the channel or like, should I die? (laughs) It's like weird stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'll do is I'll just sort of skim through. And if a title jumps out at me, I'll check it out. Yeah. Cool. This is fun. Should we retitle this Vsauce then? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I don't really know the difference, but I'll watch both of them. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Minefield is the YouTube produced Vsauce is his own production basically hmm. minefield but, um, is a much better name yeah <laughs> well i'm glad you like it man uh, i'm i'm happy that i uh chose this because it is something that i i've started watching and i was like this is pretty good i'm gonna do it and talk me into and uh, i think i might have watched this before talking me into actually but i definitely yeah. did yeah dan yeah what are you talking us into next week i am talking you fellows Fellows. Something a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, what's this fellow crap, Dan? I'm a fella. Thank you very much. Get Thank your pronouns you right. Much. My fellow hosts. <laughs> oh, I don't like this. So we've done comic books in the past. We have. Comic books. Yay. Yay. But we've always sort of done like the beginning of a series. Beginning of a series. Yeah. Yay. Or a standalone storyline. Standalone storyline. Yay. Okay, that's enough. Uh, enough yay this week i or this next episode i'm gonna talk you guys into just a story arc from a long-standing comic book series Mm -hmm. okay so i am talking you into an arc of superman have you ever heard of this character i haven't no he is uh the last son of krypton Okay. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of Sons, but well, I've never heard of You're going to have to do a little research because I'm assuming Krypton is an are element. The, are the Kryptones a uh, ska band? Yes. Okay. The Mighty Mighty Kryptones. Um, you're going to have to know a little bit about Superman going into this because I'm not giving you his origin story. What? I would really like Action Comics number one, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me borrow that one from you and uh, then we'll talk. All right, guys. Enough with the comedy now. <laughs> 
I am talking you into an arc from Superman from the new 52. Which we'll discuss and explain later. It's very confusing, all the numbering. Yeah. I'm talking you into Superman number 32 through 39. It is known as colloquially as... (laughs) Try try again. You'll get it. Colloquially. Who are you? One more time. Colloquially. Okay, Sal. As the men of tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be us tomorrow because we're men. Yeah, this arc was written by Jeff Johns. (laughs) Oh, I like him. Yeah. And Jeff with a G. Oh, I'm not Jeff. (laughs) And drawn by John Romita Jr. I like him. So these are two very well-known comic book creators. Yes. And uh, yeah, they work together on Superman. It's a really fun arc. Um, uh, Like I said, I'll get more into the plotting and the details in the next episode. But try to get your hands on it. It is available on Amazon, some libraries. You can get the digital stuff. Just search for The Men of Tomorrow. That'll that'll get you the whole arc. Mm. Digitally. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. I don't don't Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. No idea what you're talking about. No clue. Look. That that I have no clue. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. Bats fly. Yeah. So who knows? Jimmy, in the meantime, <laughs> yeah. un- until you're ready to read Superman and what he's all about, yeah. where can you find the podcast online? Oh, they can find the podcast online at Talk Me Into on Twitter and Talk Me Into on Facebook. You can also find us on our website, www.talkmeinto.com. And if you really want, you can find the show on YouTube. Oh, well, not the actual show. You'll find one of our shows, our Cook With Us show, on, P- on Patreon originally. Now it's on YouTube. You're explaining this in great detail. Thank you. Not confusing at all. <laughs> if you want to watch our Cook With Us videos, go to our YouTube. Find us on uh, Talk Me Into. Subscribe so you can always watch us. What is even happening? The greatest words. You have the greatest words. <laughs> you can also find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-B-A-F-I-T-C-H, on Twitter and Instagram. Dan, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. And I'm here at my house. <laughs> find us in Naugatuck. Yeah. Jeff, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F. Talking a lot about Doctor Who lately. 27. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Wait, hold on. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> you can find me. And that's like my thing, too. You can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs. The number 27. Talking about Doctor Who and... That's pretty much it. Animorphs really. occasionally. Sometimes I'll tweet out an Animorph thing. Yeah. There's an Instagram filter that turns your face into a horse. It's called Horse Morph, by the way. Jimmy, <laughs> where can they find you online? I already did it. Thank oh, you for listening to Talk did? Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Putting sentences together in the correct order. No idea. That I have no clue for. <laughs> Did I talk about the MCU rewatch on the show? Yes. Okay. This thing that is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock. Oh, rock. That's right. On time. It's tricky. Tricky. Gonna It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. Jimmy, that was your spot. Yeah, he burped in it. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I can't do that. Can you do that? Uh, I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. curly. She asked me to bust her out of her house. And... You have something huge stuck to your foot. Is I don't it know poop? what that is. Touch it with your it looks mouth. looks like tape or something. Yeah. <coughs> oh, you know what it is? It's part of my uh, 
uh, thing. That's uh, sad. Sorry for you. Okay, Jim. Let's do this. <clears throat> Y'all got right. your phone facts ready? I do. Uh, let me find a specific one. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Everybody's ready? Yep. Okay. Gaga. She's good. Gaga. Ooh la la. Rama. Ooh la la. Gaga. Ooh la la. Want your bad romance? <laughs> this is so singy. The we singing's got to come back, we guys. Should All in, of our podcasts turn singing. We should put in the show notes, like, when song breaks out. Or, like, put <laughs> yeah. it all at the end. Or make, or at least have some kind of notes so we can make a compilation episode. Just, like, an hour of all the <laughs> random all song singing. that breaks out. I want your loving. I want your revenge. You <laughs> and me turn on a bad romance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Caught in a bad romance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Want your bad romance? Ga, Want your ga, bad romance? Rama, ooh la la, ga, ga, ooh la la. Want your bad romance? The end. <clears throat> you know that I want you. you know I hope you guys like this episode because it's at the end of this episode. <laughs> right now. I guess it's it's really quiet though, so I can just, send Jimmy the audio. No, yeah, I can yeah. clip I mean, just, it in here. Just for just for yeah. us, play it in the mic, and then we'll do we'll whatever. Yeah, cover it up. And Jimmy like cut this part. All right. out, obviously, nobody needs to hear this. They can hear this. It'll be at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. they, they always hear it. <laughs> it's getting wet. Your butt is getting wet. Dan's butt. My butt. Jimmy's <laughs> butt is getting wet. Our butts are getting wetter because of this weather. We are in heavy sweaters, and our butts are wetter. <laughs> That was good. I wish I was in a heavy sweater right now. That's your fault. I know. I wrote like barely any notes for this. Eating Arby's, and then my butt gets wet because of my butt sweat. All right. We're playing that mind. Daniel, bring us into the minefield, please. It would be great if you can (laughs) do that for us. My mom just commented on uh, the pickled pineapple video and she said love it uh then got sad at the end about toby hart <laughs> unless you watch through the credits i was yeah. wondering if people did that yeah are we ready recording? yeah we're Good. recording oh so you got the butt song. i got Great. i got like oh, half the butt fantastic song. yeah <laughs> i'm gonna sit like this do it do You're it super cute i'm gonna take a picture <laughs> of you. i know i have a better angle here we go <laughs> that's so adorable yeah, that's talking into fodder on the twits. 